Welcome to Yes, Another Disney Podcast. We are three friends that love Disney, just different aspects of it. Whether it's parks, pictures, or intellectual properties, we discuss, debate, and keep you up to date on all things we love about Disney. What are your Valentine's Day plans coming up, man? There's like, what, 21 days to go? Three weeks? There is three weeks. You're, you're married, so you, you have something to prove, right? Yes. This will be our 20th Valentine's in a row that we haven't celebrated. You boycott that too? Yeah, man. We're just not holiday gift buyers. Oh, well, that's you don't not have to true. buy a gift. We do like to go somewhere nice to eat. And th- <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things that's actually still open. You can still go to get food out in these troubling times. I don't know if this is a sign of your love life or not, but I remember within the past three to four years, I remember you told me that you were like on a date with your wife and you're like, oh yeah, you should totally come and like crash it. Was that Valentine's Day? No, I think that was your anniversary. Might have been. Yeah, you're like, we're at Cheesecake Factory. Do you- yes, you did. We love company, man. It was the more so the fun. merrier. Y'all are lonely. Yeah, we have children. <laughs> Matthew, what are your Valentine's Day plans looking like? Matthew has a special someone in his life. <laughs> for the first time in and forever. Lo- oh, sorry. Yes. Well, I, I don't know. I do have to have that conversation with her to figure out what we are going to do for Valentine's Day. No, so no I don't dude, know. you don't know how this works. It's all no on surprises? you. No surprises. Well, no, that's okay. Sometimes it's worth to have the conversation because if the surprise goes awry, it's one of those things. Well, I wish I would have known that to start with. I don't think I've ever done a gift for Valentine's Day. Come I've, on. I've always done like food, like chocolates, a balloon, a stuffed animal. Never. No, I've thought, I mean, I'm okay with chocolates. I'm okay with a card, but but a bear or something weird. Like I don't like gifts that like you just look at them and you're like, somebody bought me something just for the sake of buying me something. Like if somebody bought me a gift that was useful, even if it was a gift card, like if somebody knew I was buying something nice for myself and they gave me a gift card, that would mean everything to me. Like I would take that over somebody buying me like a snow globe or something random with a memory of us inside of it or something weird. I'll go along with that. Honey, if you're listening, I'll take a gift card for a Tesla. You don't want a camera? No. You don't want another television I, after no, you just, just bought one? Camera. I thought I made a funny joke and it was dead. It was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was like. Well, that was more like it. Okay, so the real reason we want to talk about Valentine's Day is the most random Disney thing popped up this week in my news feed, and it is Chevrolet is teaming up with Walt Disney World, not Disney, but specifically Walt Disney World, to unveil the 2021 Bolt EV and Bolt EUV. So Chevrolet is launching two electric vehicles. One is a car. One is a US, a US, it's a USB device. It is an SUV. And there is a 16-second commercial with a beautiful little girl dressed up in the back seat like Tinkerbell, and she's waving her wand. And then all of a sudden, pixie dust comes out, and the electric lights on the street start lighting up. And then it's like, coming soon these vehicles or something like that and it it literally has like the name and then it says february 14th and then it also says walt disney world can somebody answer why like huh 
I don't know. It kind of makes me think, like, what does it have to do? Like, when I think of the history of Chevrolet with Walt Disney World, I think of Test Track. I do wonder if it has something to do with Test Track. There are I a lot of know. Chevrolets in the, at the end of the ride, for yeah. sure. And it's presented by Chevrolet, so that makes sense. And it's also weird that they're launching a car on Valentine's Day. <laughs> like You ain't got nothing better to do today. Uh, well, I mean, 2021 does look a lot like 2020 right now. So yeah. well, I, I just thought it was like, hey, let's let's share the weirdest Disney story that I have seen in a while. And so, yeah, something's going on with Chevrolet and Walt Disney World. And they won't tell you why. I know. I know. And you can't even find much on the internet. Like, even I'm right now Googling through stuff, and I can't find much of a detail. Yeah, it's weird. So it's like a little hatchback and an SUV. I think something like that. It probably has automatic self-driving coordinates directly to Disney World and or Disneyland itself. Although, isn't it Disney World? Yeah, it specifically said it on the end of the commercial, Walt Disney World. And I was like, what? Maybe that will be... Is this too soon? Maybe that's exp- replacing the Magical Express. <laughs> that's too soon. Uh, that could be, no, legit, like, a thought. Well, I, they have the minivans. I got it. I know what it is. So the Hall of Presidents just went down for a refurbishment. Maybe they're reopening the Hall of Presidents, and instead of sitting in seats, you're sitting in these electric vehicles. That's what it is. That's what 100%. I feel like they could get more people in there because we'll be socially distant. For sure. Come on. It makes sense. Super weird story. <laughs> Guys, we do have some breaking news. Breaking. The, yes, breaking news. We we make sure to stay on top of, there it is, all of the Disney news that you can have. When you're hearing this, it will be eight days old of breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Disneyland has ended. That is correct. Ended its pass holder program and is refunding they're pass holders. It's not like, hey, we know during these troubling times you can't come to our park and we don't want to keep charging you. They have ended the program. If if you're in the know or if you are a Disneyland pass holder, to most people, this wasn't a surprise. Why? Because they're closed and they're not going to reopen anytime soon. Yeah. But I think there's a legit, like a lot of people that are annual pass holders literally said, this is not a surprise to us at all. We saw something like this coming. I think it also probably has to do a lot with capacity itself. You know, yeah. like you're reaching capacity limits much easier now too, as, even though they haven't opened themselves. But I also think it's interesting. I think last year or 2019, I should say, Disneyland had 28 million visitors when I did a little bit of digging. Wow. And, I, and how I, many pass holders are they? Yeah. One. One million. Wow. That's a small park to have that many pass holders. Which explains why it was like from January to early March was the best time to go where the on a weekday between two and four. And you need to think about how many of the like a lot of them are likely in the Los Angeles area or in surrounding regions. So they have the opportunity to go more than once. You need to think about how many of those 28 million people went more than once and how many are counted more than once. Disneyland is so good that they don't even want you to go. (laughs) (laughs) It's a museum. 
you know, it's funny because Disney has been called out for, you know, letting a lot of people go recently in 2020. And wouldn't the, the, you know, the monetary way to do this, I'm sure they have some type of legal thing in the contract that you do when you sign up as an annual pass holder to say like, you don't get a refund. Like it would have been so easy to just be like, Hey, th- we're just axing this. So sorry. Uh, have a nice ride, but they're actually refunding them. So they're giving back their, their money that they're clamoring for to customers. And, and at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. No doubt about that, but this is an interesting move for Disney. And I, what do you think, Dave, is going to be the future of this? Because they talk about in a lot of their uh, articles that they've, or a lot of articles that people have been posting about them, like it will basically transition into something else. Yeah, I've only been to Disneyland a handful of times. And so I've never, living on the opposite side of the country, never seen the benefit of getting a annual pass there or the premier passport what is it called the flex pass no the big one where you can have oh yeah disney yeah. world and disney yeah, the the, yeah so i've never seen the value just because i don't get on that side of the country enough but yeah i mean i just for the size of the park and the amount of the of people that live in southern california and having close to a million pass holders it was just i mean the parks were clogged because Disneyland is much more of a locals park than Walt Disney World is. Now, don't get me wrong. There's hundreds of thousands of pass holders for Disney World that live in the, you know, within a couple hour drive, even three or four hour drive in surrounding states. And of course, all over Florida, but it just doesn't, it didn't have the feel of a locals park. Like I would read story after story after story that decisions that Disney made, like, if they caught flack from pass holders, it would it would change the way the ship was going. Pass holders seem to have a lot of say at Disneyland. And so this something had to change to answer your original question. Something had to change. That's that's too many people in that small of those two parks, and which made going to the park really challenging. The last time I went, gosh, and this was 20 no, the first time I went, 2017. My wife and I went out there and in Tomorrowland, they had four or five cast members with signs holding like that said, you know, it was basically they had to create two lanes because there was a fairly narrow pathway. Disneyland is just smaller. The footprint is smaller inside. The park was smaller. This was built in the 50s. It was just, you know, people were thinner and there wasn't as many people going there. And it, it it's challenging to move around in some of the areas of the magic kingdom there. And so, or Disneyland, it's not really called the magic kingdom. And, and so something had to change. And so this was the perfect time for Disney to go ahead and ax what they were doing. They clearly couldn't have gotten away with this if it was operation normal, right? There's no way they could have just said, everybody's losing their annual pass and you're getting a refund. Yeah. But this is the perfect opportunity for them to wipe the slate completely clean and come up with something new. Yeah, I I mean, I I agree. I think people, what people need to realize is, like, I only saw a couple of times that um, the headlines were actually saying the correct thing. Disney was used, Disney so strategically used the term, we are sunsetting the current annual pass program, which means that the sun is setting on this program now, but the sun's going to rise again with another program. Like, it will come back. People, people are thinking like 
they're never going to do annual passes again because they saw it on a headline, you know? So I think, I think they need to, people need to realize like, there's a new program coming. I'm sure it'll be great. You know, you like, I wonder if, you know, maybe you won't be able to go 365 days a year, but you know, maybe, maybe a good, a good portion. I don't know. It'll be different. And I think different's okay. I know you will always joke me, Ryan, that I love different, but something has to change. And in the long run, I think if I was a Disneyland pass holder and something new came along and it meant that I had access to the park and it wasn't ridiculously slammed when I wanted to go, I think that's a win. I, I think Disney's going to have to look at that and figure out what that looks like. But I, I, I believe that that team can come up with something that will be as good, if not better, in what this new world looks like with so many people you know, in that part of Southern California and so many pass holders. So what do you think about Universal and what they have said in response to this? Bro, This, if you don't think that this was strategic and not planned, but like this was intentional, like they absolutely threw shade. So the following day, uh, Universal tweeted out, Universal Studios Hollywood, excuse me, they tweeted out, and I quote, hey, pass members, yeah, you, we just want to let you know that we love you. <laughs> that was a shot across the bow for sure. Yeah, I mean, cool. But like, let's think about this for a second. I don't think Disneyland is going to open without a new program. Like, Universal can say that all they want, but they're not open either. And they're refunding all their, like, they're refunding passes too. So like. True. <laughs> I mean, like, wh- what's the. What's the big deal? I mean, sure, they threw shade, but I don't think it's... I mean, I think they did it just because they're not canceling their program. Sure. Like, which, that's really the only thing they can say. But, I mean, program. as you went through the comments, it was pretty funny. The, we love you two gifts, and then the Yoda and Kermit sipping tea clearly <laughs> threw, clearly made it say that this was intentional. Was it Baby Yoda? I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had his, doesn't he have a little drink that he... Yeah, his little little cup. Yeah, man, that was cool, man. So I mean, I I I laughed. I I don't. You know, we all type LOL. I laughed out loud when I read that tweet. I thought it was pretty funny. I have to tell you something. I feel like I'm getting old, and one of the ways that I know that I'm getting old is I am using the literal LOL on the keyboard. It makes it sound like it's a button, but I'm typing out LOL. And I used to think saying LOL in a text was the dumbest thing in the world. I think there's a difference. There are two types of people, people that go ha 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 and people that go LOL, totally different. And I find myself more and more now starting to use LOL and I feel like a boomer because of it. And I'm not okay with it. (laughs) Pretty sure he just (laughs) threw shots across the back. Brian just threw shade at Dave. And I'm not ashamed of it. I don't know. I feel like I've gotten better. I use mostly like the sideways laughing face. Bro, you're pushing 50. I want to hear from you. I I mean, I don't even know if that's even good. Speaking of pushing 50, that's not a real transition. Um, Is this your push to get me to go to Disney World? No, I tried. No. uh, Pushing 46, maybe. Disneyland Paris has also pushed its opening date to April 2nd of 2021. So... Things aren't getting any better around the world as far as numbers. And so they are making the choice to delay their opening that was planned for sometime in February. Wasn't that right, Matthew? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um, 
That stinks. Yeah. It's a great I park. I'm, I mean, I'm curious to know what the pass holder situation is over there. Matthew, you've been to Disneyland Paris, right? Yeah, me and Dave. Yeah. Both of you went? I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. What's the best part about going to Disneyland Paris? It's so uniquely different. <laughs> Saying you went? <laughs> Stop. I was not. No, he's, like, like, he's like, it's so unique. It's and the best. Like, eh. it, to me, it's the prettiest castle. I mean, well, Tokyo. I agree. Tokyo, the big. You're talking about Shanghai. Yeah, that looks incredible. But and, Or the one on Hong Kong. Which one are you talking the about? The new one that they opened to Shanghai. I don't know. I the don't, new I'm one that they just opened parks. like a couple months ago? Nope. Okay, then Shanghai. The yeah. photo of it on Big Mickey is quite pretty. Yeah, it's a gorgeous and it's like up on a hill and yeah, it's pretty. Um, there are some like un- <laughs> uniquely different things about oh, whatever blog making that park. I can't read. Hold on. You know what? Just for that. You know what? Just for that, <laughs> Matthew's- Matthew was literally side eyeing my computer. So we sit like adjacent from each other. <laughs> He's like, there's not a site called Big Mickey. Can we start it? Like, maybe we should start that. Site. Oh, that's us. We're changing our name. Now BMP, we have MP to- Big Mickey podcast. Now we All have right. to delete this show because people will steal the idea. Do you hear? Do you hear the sound? That is the sound of the case for my glasses because Matthew Boomer. thinks I can't read. Sounds like your fake glasses wear if you're not wearing them already. Uh, no, they are just needed <laughs> when necessary, and evidently they're necessary now. Well, okay, then. take it easy, Big Mickey. <laughs> So speaking of Big Mickey, Gideon's Bakehouse opens. What are your thoughts on it? I am really looking forward to trying it. I am not looking forward to a long, long wait. I know that Dave might have other words because Dave's not a chocolate lover per se. No, I love cookies. Oh. Have you seen the size of this belly? I love some cookies. (laughs) Pound cookies. Yeah. That just sounds like a sugar hangover That's no so months. i have a problem with this like so if you landed on opening day at gideon's and you were near the end of the line there you were quoted an 11 hour wait okay so this is where i have a problem with americans like this is where we're failing as a society hey guess what everybody if you go in two to three weeks you'll be able to walk right up <laughs> you'll be able to get your ten dollar your 10 minute queue to to order your half pound cookie and enjoy your snack. This is what is so crazy about like this is a specifically two things in life I can think of: sneakerheads and <laughs> things that open at Disney. Like these these people are insane. I would never. I wouldn't wait an hour for a half pound cookie. It reminds me of the six hour waits they had for Frozen Ever After. It's like yeah. uh, we waited four what? hours for a Star Wars movie. Well. That's on you. <laughs> no, you, I, I enjoyed the waiting experience. I think there is go. something fun about waiting for there something is. that you enjoy. There is. And there are plenty of people that go nuts about baked goods. That's fine. Yeah. But like, I think that there is a fun time. Like you get to hang out with people that you might not have. Like that's the extrovert in me where it's like, oh, that's cool. What do you like about half pound chocolate chip cookies? No way. Me too. I know that's silly, but that's the way my mind thinks about it. I can't say I don't know what you're talking about because I did wait eight hours to see the 1975 one time. So that, yeah. Were you like front row? Yeah. That's because you didn't have a assigned seat though, right? Right. Yeah. So I wanted to be up front. Yeah. You were orchestra pit. Yeah. Who likes the 1975? Gross. Me. Second time I saw him, I only waited an hour and they have a song about chocolate. 
Yeah, they do. It's not about chocolate. What is it about? Half pound chocolate. Is it about Big Mickey? (laughs) (laughs) We have found our episode title. So speaking of Big Mickey, uh, Big Mickey, the mouse, if you will, has also in the form of digital streaming direct to consumer content posted a slew of things that are coming out in February. Dave, do you have anything that you're excited about? You remember on the first episode, we talked about this, right? It's D2C. It's D2C. We've covered this, Ryan. Oh, so now it's my fault? Yes. <laughs> it's not my fault. That's what they, If that's the way that they want to do it, that's the way they want to do it, man. So it wasn't it like the swear jar for the Disney executives? Yes. That was pretty funny. I liked that. So yes, uh, new month, new list of content coming out on Disney Plus. The thing that jumps out to me the most is Flora and Ulysses. That's going to launch on February 19th. I'm excited about this just because we have two kiddos. We're always looking for something new to watch together as a family. Don't know anything about this other than the trailer and knowing that it's a children's novel. And the backstory is 10-year-old girl loves comic books. Unfortunately, her parents go through a separation and she's dealing with that as you know any young child would have to. And so the best way to deal with that is to get a squirrel with a superpower. Or superpowers. You wouldn't think to do the same thing? No, that like we, they have them down at the pet store. <laughs> oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. So clearly a squirrel with superpowers is going to bring about all types of challenges that she's going to have to deal with. And so it looks really cute, really funny. I'm excited. And it's a squirrel with superpowers. <laughs> Who's not excited about that? That'll be great. Now, Matthew yes. is excited about some old school things that are launching in February that I may feel a little bit differently about. Okay. Does it make you feel old? No, but I did watch them growing up. You're okay. old. I'll let Matthew share. Cause I have some thoughts. So, um, I love me some Muppets. I'm very excited to, um, see the original Muppet show because I did not grow up with this. Well, original could be, subjective we'll find out but um the muppet show um since its original run has only been released the first three seasons has only been released um in box sets and not a lot of people have seen much if any of seasons four and five through reruns and stuff like that it just it hasn't really existed since its original run i've never i've never seen the muppet show so it ran for five seasons as of now and well until what the 19th of february seasons four and five i think they aired you couldn't buy them they weren't streaming anywhere like yeah. you couldn't rewatch them anywhere and so that's going to be new to a lot of people who have seen the first three seasons have you seen the revamped version that they've done of this the office style one in 2013 yeah so i will be very honest with you I was scrolling on TikTok last night because I'm an adult and I scroll through my TikTok and I see, hey, there's an office version of the Muppets and you, you need to go watch it. You didn't know this? No idea. Oh my gosh. Oh. So I started watching there's the a, first episode. There's a Muppets version of Hamilton, the whole thing. Not YouTube. official, but yes. yes. It's not visual. No. It's completely auditory based and Kermit the Frog is Alexander Hamilton. It's really funny. It's, it's one of the best things, but oh my gosh, it was... It made me laugh. I was very surprised by that. And it was so it was so weird to hear I don't want to say it was foul language, but it was so weird to hear like <laughs> foul like the chickens. Stop. <laughs> it was so weird to hear like potty words, if you will, 
from Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy and all those little weird characters. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I couldn't get past that. That was amazing. Okay. So Matthew is I'm excited. I mean, you're not like over the moon, but you're you're pumped about this. Oh, so and I you don't think know. This is a big deal. I I think it's a big deal. I I mean, I'm excited for it. Um, so so I don't know if I ever overtly said it. The Muppet Show is coming to Disney Plus on February 19th. All five seasons of it. Uh, the OG, likely like the 70s and 80s. Yeah, version. likely likely edited from its original because some of the stuff you know I'm I've heard could not be found. Some of it is destroyed i don't i don't know i don't know this i don't know the story behind it but i do know that seasons four and five have never been released ever yeah i mean i think that's the big story here yeah but i gotta be honest this is gonna be soup there are some hardcore muppets fans out there i grew up with this like why i loved it is it was a i'm assuming weekly show i can't remember and it was very it was like a tonight it was like it was pop culture. You know, the Muppets, they do these little things, these little skits. And then there would be it's like I remember watching the Mark Hamill issue of the episode. I remember watching um Mary Poppins. I can't think of her name. Julie Andrews. Thank you. Like, and so they were there were superstars of the time that would come on and they would do little bits with the Muppets and they would sing songs. And it don't get me wrong, it was really cool. I just don't know if adults are gonna be excited about this. I don't think children will be. I don't think kids will be either. I think they're definitely leaning more towards the nostalgia factor for the adults. I, you know, I know you said that you don't know if adults will love this, but a lot of people grew up with it. So I think they're probably leaning farther towards the nostalgia factor. Sure. And, you know, thinking about the box sets, they weren't sold for very long. So a lot of people likely haven't seen them since their original run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It plays on the mantra that we've been building over four episodes, which is basically kids of all ages you know it's it's not a brand that connects to kids today but it's not for lack of trying no not for lack of trying at all but i think it's just a brand that brings up you know those nostalgia feels like you're talking about they're not afraid to reach into their past yeah well well, he here's here's what i want to talk about i didn't think we'd talk about this as long but i want to ask some hard questions so disney has owned this do you know how long? Since 2004, they've had yeah. the rights to the Muppets. I thought it was longer than that. Well, I'm not. Well, to me, that's a long time for what little they've done with it. And so that leads me to the question, why? Why have they done so little? I don't think it's for lack of effort. I think it's just the interest wasn't there. And why I say that, and tw- like 10 years after gaining the rights to them, purchasing them, however that worked with the IP stuff, Josh Gad tried to do something in 2014. Did you know about this? With the Muppets. Did you know about this? Okay. So he was trying to co-develop a new Muppet show for Disney Plus that would have taken place in the 80s that would have served as a sequel to the Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, so good. And it just never came about. And so I asked the question, why? And I just, I don't think that the Muppets have the track or the base, the fan base to do it's like a side project as somebody who's far removed i mean the muppets feel old man well like i don't know i think that's subjective for a lot of people i absolutely i star wars is old yeah Yeah. that's true but it doesn't have as big of a pop culture impact like the muppets don't have as big of a pop culture impact i would agree anymore (laughs) and if you think about it like it had been 10 years since anybody had seen a star wars film when disney 
bought Star Wars. And I think it was all about strike while the iron is hot. You know, like, I, I don't even remember hearing, and of course, I was not old enough to care uh, when Disney bought Muppets, right? But I was old enough to care when Disney bought Star Wars. But here's the thing. I think it's, and this is going to be a fun pun for everybody, it's boiling the frog. Just let's build up into it and let's go ahead and just bring it back. We're going to bring it back with little stuff. You know, we're going to reinvigorate your childhood and then we're going to go to new content. To all of the Muppet fans or specifically Kermit the Frog fans who are still listening, I apologize on behalf of Ryan and his boiling the frog his comment. foul joke. <laughs> Miss Piggy fans, pineapple and ham pizza is my I favorite. do love some Miss Piggy. Okay, well, let me share something with you that you may not know. Blow my mind. Expand no, there my horizons. No, there is another challenge with the Muppets that's the same thing that Disney is dealing with. With How many times can I say with? That, that Disney is struggling with the same as the MCU. And that is there's, they're broken up. Like they don't own the rights to all of it. Oh. Sony owns some of the rights to some of the Muppet movies. Right. So they can't have them all. So it's the same thing of like, it's scattered and broken apart, which is frustrating, right? Do they own Muppet <gasps> Treasure Island because that was my favorite I don't know. Muppet movie. Guys, hold on. I know what they're doing. The Muppet Cinematic Universe. Oh my gosh. You know they're going to do. <gasps> because remember in the 80s how they did like a bunch of spinoffs and like Star Wars centered stuff? I, rem- I remember watching reruns of that. This is it! You're going to see, you know, Kermit Man. And he's just going to be Kermit Iron Man. Kermit the Man here. Who's the Blue Falcon <laughs> dude? What's his name? Sam Eagle. Yeah, Sam Eagle is going to be Captain America. Eagle. Huh? He's an eagle. Oh. You said Falcon. Whatever. <laughs> Same thing. Well, Dave, I, I remember earlier you were talking about like why what's taken them this long. And I think Disney just hasn't necessarily run into a good opportunity. And I think, you know, they released box sets one, two, and three. And by that time, streaming started to be on people's minds. And I think and you know, as soon as streaming really started to take off, TV show box sets kind of became a thing of the past. I mean, they're still out there. TV box sets are probably the lowest selling physical media out there. They're in the way, 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 way back of the target. So by the time, you know, they, they were released incrementally. They weren't released all at the same time. So you got season one, then you got season two, then you got season three. And they knew they had their work cut out for them for seasons four and five because some of it was gone, some of it was destroyed. So I think they lost their opportunity. And I think, you know, now that they have their own streaming platform, that's when they really got to work. They were like, we can release this. We know how to release this. And it's going to, it. I mean, from what I've seen, like I saw somebody say, this is what's finally going to get me to get Disney Plus. And at first I was like, really? This, this is it? This is it? But I mean, there's some people... There's some people who are, you know, diehard Jim Henson fans when it comes to, you know, Jim Henson was involved in so many different things. You have, um, you have the Muppets, but then on top of that, what stemmed off of that Sesame Street and uh, some star, a lot of Star Wars stuff. Definitely. And so I, I think it's only expanding on what they have now. So I think it's cool. Yoda is my favorite Muppet. Yeah. 
Frank Oz worked a lot with Jim Henson, right? Yeah, yeah like did. a ton. Um, I before we move on, I, I've always struggled with Kermit and his like the rain. Okay, the Rainbow Song. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? Or that song just makes me want to cry. I know, but are there a lot of songs about rainbows? Like for real? Uh, somewhere over the rainbow is the only one I can really think of. Yeah, I do like that song. <laughs> but it doesn't make me want to cry. Like, is that on your iPod? Right here, here? Why? Is so that many? on your iPod? iPod. God, iPod. what is it? Nineteen ninety-seven. There were no iPods in ninety-seven. Were there? Other. No, I think it okay. came out in two thousand one. Goodness. So, in the vein of Disney content, you know, a big Disney show has come into the mix. And we and we finally, I was going to talk about The Mandalorian, actually. No, but WandaVision is here in Disney fashion in comparison to The Mandalorian. They released two episodes at launch, and I thought that there were... Not a lot of things to talk about. Like it, I agree. It was a surprising show, but it wasn't like this deep-seated nerddom list of references. There were some, but gentlemen, what were your takes on them? What did you think? I loved it. You I loved it. I did. I did. Um, but I think I I am hoping. Like it, I loved it out of a deep seated hope that this is going to be one of the best buildups to any show. You know, I agree. I, I, I think th- we're going to have a huge payoff in the end. I, I agree. I think it's going to be really good. David's shaking his head. No over here with like his oh, head bowed. What, what is was this negativity? Dif- I was see. it not different enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, you're, you're both wrong. Oh, it was fantastic. And let me tell you why I, I said, I loved it. Love and fantastic are not the same. Fantastic is more than love because there's more letters in the word fantastic. Who hurt you? (laughs) Okay. okay. Here's why I disagree with Ryan. I think, you know how, like when you shake the salt shaker, go with me on this one. And like a lot of salt comes out, right? Like, and sometimes it comes out too fast, but then when you pick up the pepper and shake the pepper shaker. It takes for takes a little while to get some pepper out. I right? have no experience with this. Come on. Serious? Come on. So here's the analogy. I think they've showed you exactly what they want you to know. Without a doubt. And I, I, I'm okay with that. I think that's great. Here's why. Well, okay. I have some thoughts. The first episode was not my favorite, Did which you know- I think is why they released too it was a direct ripoff of dick van dyke yes it, like the episode content itself like 100%. his wife had the same dress that she kind of showed or nightgown or whatever they would call it of that era which i thought was funny i there are things that there, why this is so successful is because it's my favorite thing so different i think this show would have bombed if they didn't take this approach yeah Uh, i'm saying bombed yeah because if it was just something else marvel it would just be something else marvel yeah this is so outside of marvel it's awesome so in other words you think it's a way to get people to watch it that don't care about marvel is that what you mean by that because marvel fans are going to watch this just 
you know, that's the point about Marvel films now, which is you have to watch them all if you want the full experience. So there are some Marvel films where I don't really enjoy all that much. And, but, and I might know that going into it, but I'm going to watch it because I know that I have to watch it. So that way I know the big picture of the whole story. Okay. There are, and there are a lot of people that I think are treating WandaVision the same way. I think it's a fun idea to, you know, all the dots are out there, you know, like five miles away, and we're going to slowly bring you back to the starting line. It's not like you start at the starting line. I feel like we're starting at the finish line, and we're just piecing back to the origin, if you will, mm-hmm. of how the story is going to go. You put something in the notes that I really like, and it's the last one. So if I'm stealing your thunder, I, I apologize. You wrote, WandaVision seems to fake itself into thinking it's a comedy, but it seems like a nightmare. Yeah. It's 100% a nightmare. 100. And I think that's why I like it, because they're taking these light, comedic shows from our parents' childhood, and then we'll start to get to my childhood with, uh, uh, like, the next one. I don't know if it's going to be the We're next one. We're not already but- at your childhood? No, Ryan. Well, when we get to married with children. So like, that's what I grew up with Christina Applegate. And you know, what's funny is I think back on, and I'm a millennial, but I think about how I grew up on watching all sorts of different sitcoms as a kid from all sorts of different eras. Uh, I grew up on watching, you know, especially things from the seventies. I watched all in the family as a child and I didn't understand it because of it's strangely racist comments uh, but it was just on the tv uh, i watched a, a lot of samford and son that was a tv show i watched and later in my preteen years i discovered married with children and i watched the entire show and i think that's one of the most brilliant comedies of all time uh, so i agree with you there i think what was funny though is i watched both episodes a couple times now and i noticed that i didn't find myself literally laughing but I found found myself smiling, you know, like I felt like, oh, this is a nice feel good thing. Like, yakety yak and and all these little things. Yeah, I can I can see that part of part of me was like <laughs> you say smile. I say for me, it was like a smirk, like, oh, I know something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> there are a lot of weird things that happen. In WandaVision. Who's doing this to you, Wanda? Who's doing this to you, Wanda? And we have an idea of who we think that is. Yeah, the guy in the radio was Asian Jim. We think that's... That's who we think it is. Yeah, Randall Park. I can't even remember his Marvel name. He's just Asian Jim. That's that's just who he is, and I'm okay with it. Are we supposed to assume that the guy behind the radio was the person like watching it after the first episode? They look like female no. hands to me, but oh. maybe I was not looking close I, enough. I think the person that's legit watching it, I thought it was female hands too. Okay. But we talked about the outside characters from other movies that might be in here too, and they're on the IMDb list. I think that's the character who you haven't seen. She's in the Thor movies. Her name's Darcy, and she somehow gets you know, mixed in with these things. Um, some Eagle Eye fan caught that basically, you know, sword in the comic books, the, again, the extraterrestrial 
terrestrial version of shield uh, is usually outer space bound, but they changed one of the words in there to make it so it could like not be space based, but it could be just like weird things. Ooh. So like crazy weird stuff. Uh, there were some, so maybe mutants. I hope not. I, I just don't want X-Men crossovers. I just it's don't. Coming, oh, Wanda Ryan. though. What's that? Isn't, isn't Wanda a X-Men crossover of some sort she's definitely a mutant no it's entirely from the marvel cinematic universe okay Uh, a couple of fun references so speaking in that way so remember their magic trick that they did in the second episode yes so there's like this hexagon shape thing interesting enough the the you know inclusion of shapes so every episode basically so far has ended with like a hexagon of zooming in on them that's right vision stone is a hexagon yes you know and they basically showed that as the door you know that opens up and so i thought that was an interesting little reference we saw again the the helicopter and how that showed in color when the whole world blood yep it's funny that in a world we've only seen two colors so far which are red and yellow Mm -hmm. did the helicopter have any significance yeah it had the sword logo on it yeah besides that well in the trailer, there's a helicopter that's flying around, like oh, a you're right. real life helicopter that somehow got sucked into her dream world, right? And it lands as a toy. That's the prevailing. It, that's the theory. theory. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. We don't know who the beekeeper is who just shows up out of the. Yeah, that was all beekeepers come out of the sewer, right? There were some people yeah. wondering if that was Paul Bettany because his face, you know, you only see but a silhouette of his face, but it kind of resembles. I watched a spoilers video. It is an actor that is typically plays a stunt person. Right. And so, yeah, they like, if you pause it and screenshot it and Photoshop it, you can see who it was. I'm not familiar with the actor slash stunt double person, but he's known he's, he's been in other Marvel stuff. The biggest things that we've been seeing are from the ads. So there's an ad in every episode so far, and I'm sure that will continue with it, but it's always the same man and woman so far. And there's a big theory that those are her parents. Yeah, I saw that. And the toaster, the toaster is the first one. It is made uh, by Stark Industries, uh, Tony Stark. And there's a couple of things. So it's beeping again in a red light. Yeah. And... Dave, you and I watched, again, Avengers 2, and they talk about how basically they're trapped inside their house, the Maximoff twins, and they basically have a missile right in front of them. So it's like a missile, and they're waiting for it to go off. Uh, The second one is a far more in-your-face type of reference, if you will. Uh, So the Strucker watch, and Strucker is the scientist that experimented on Wanda and her brother and basically gave them powers. So that was an interesting tie. And had the Hydra logo on it. it so did it all have makes the Hydra sense. logo. And Strucker was a Hydra. Yeah. You know. There's there's also a theory that Hydra could be involved in this some way. And, you know, who's doing this to you, Wanda? That could play into it too. So essentially these commercials are playing off of her past like uh, struggles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Uh, you know, they did in the second episode, an animated introduction and there was a weird thing. So you see vision going through his house, like he can just float through the walls and you see like little crawl spaces or like little 
spaces in the walls and you see spider webs and you see little things, but you see a helmet for a villain that is literally known as the Grim Reaper. Now, he doesn't like show as a hooded figure and who knows what that will it's play It's from into. the comic books, correct? I hope so. <laughs> so, yes. Every- no, I'm asking like he's not been in an Avengers movie. Correct? No, he okay. has not yet. So we could see that. So let me ask you a question. Are you optimistic? Because yes. you, I kind of feel like you're, you're, if I could use a verbal quote, I kind of feel like you're, eh. I'm a simpleton. I, I am the kid that peaked early at his presence on the Christmas time, the Christmas season. Uh, I, one time, I literally chipped away at the edge of one of my presents and my mom saw that and she got so mad at me and she took the present away and like locked it up until Christmas itself. The fact that I can't map out a story in my head just yet is just bothering me. And I'm sure a lot of people are also feeling that way too. You know, uh, going back, I've, I've mentioned how in past episodes, every prediction I've ever had for the Mandalorian didn't come to pass. So let me give you some of those right now. So in season two, I thought, remember when baby Yoda was eating all those eggs? I thought he was going to eat every last one of them before like the frog lady found her frog husband. And I thought they were going to be devastated by this. And I thought he was going to have some force ability where he burps them back up. I thought that might have been a little MacGuffin. Uh, I thought Boba Fett was going to die before season two ended. I didn't think in my wildest dreams we'd have a Boba Fett show that happens in the same time. I thought if they were ever do something Boba Fett related, it would be, you know, back in the early days of Boba Fett when he's just like young and skinny and killing people. So I, I, I have thoughts. I, I think that, Eventually, she's going to fully realize where she is. There are people that think that the next door neighbor is a villain. Uh, So her name's Agnes. And there is a comic book character in Wanda's world called Agatha Harkness. And so you piece those together and you've got Agnes. I've also seen the theory that that is the blonde lady. Yeah, she's something too. Yeah, I. It's hard to say right now. Yeah, I think the mailman's a bad guy. I think that you he's, said that. I I think he's one of the real bad guys, or maybe he's a a a good guy. He could also be a good guy because Agnes seemed very interested in him, and he was like, "I'm just the messenger." Is he mm-hmm. trying to deliver a message? Like, get out, get out while you still can. You said something that sparked an idea in my head. So. Go for it. You shared that like you think she's going to come to this realization and find out where she's at. I feel like I could be wrong. I feel like that moment happened at the end of episode two when she saw B-Man and she was like, no. So that to me told me she was fully aware of this dreamlike state that she was in so she could have vision still based on what's happened in the last Avengers movie. I feel like that moment came. Maybe I could be wrong. I agree with that. I'm also kind of thinking that she's unconscious. Could be. Okay. And she's in control of her reality and what's going on in her, in her head. So I don't know. You have to remember that this is also a character that is grieving and people do all sorts of different strange things when they're grieving. I think that there is a call 
you know, to kind of retreat when you're grieving. I know that, you know, in moments of my grief, I don't want to be visible in front of other people. Uh, I definitely want to retreat to something that makes me feel happy. And so if I could picture a perfect life for myself and daydream about that, you know, and get lost in that, if I had the ability to make that reality, sure, why not? <laughs> I, I mean, I like it. I mean, I'm anxious to see where it goes. I'm interested in enough so far that I'm sad there's only six episodes. I know I keep bringing that up, but I'm like, man, I, I hate these shows that I feel like are so like, yes, and then they're so short. I mean, yeah. I find that across Netflix, Disney, it doesn't matter where it's, I'm like, it always leaves me wanting for more. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's why they're doing it. Or they could just be testing the waters. I mean, this is the first of many to come. So let's, maybe I, that's where we're at. I also don't think we're going to see episodes that change in time frame. This is meant to be 30 minute episodes on purpose. Yes. Maybe if we get further into the decades, we might see like an hour long show or a 45 minute long show like you would have in a traditional potential sitcom of today's era or a show of today's era. Are we are we one episode a week now? Is it, was yes. it just two to launch and then one so moving I, forward? I believe so it'll be another month. I believe there are six episodes total. So we've got four episodes left to go. Um, so I have I have one quick question for you, Ryan bring it um and i don't know if it's quick i don't know we'll find out so somewhere in the story of wanda maximoff there is two kids and for the children for the children um so but wanda's pregnant as we find out at the end of episode two and so it kind of ruins my you know, alternate reality. She's unconscious idea because eventually she is to have two kids with vision. So it kind of brings up the idea of a, how is this real? But B, who are these two kids? Well, the kids are referenced in, you know, Marvel books. She does have twins in the Marvel comics. I, I don't even remember what their names are. Thomas and William. But what are their superhero names? Uh, they have superhero names. Since you're apparently do. on a computer looking up things. Um, uh. <laughs> While he looks, I'll take a wild guess. I'm going to go with Gantor and Frank. Wrong. <laughs> I can't I can't pronounce this. W-I-C-C-A-N. Wiccan? Wiccan? Yeah. Wiccan, Wiccan. and Speed. Entering Scarlet Witch, Wiccan. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Nice. So we see in a trailer that Vision has super speed. Yes. Uh, she like drops something and he's like, Zoom! and he picks it up. So that sounds like a Vision characteristic. Hmm. And Who her, knows? And her brother. I, I don't think they're real. I think that she can just will something to happen in this little yeah. well, dream that she's in. Sure. But also she has these two kids with vision. Are they Luke and Leia? Yeah, that's that's what they are. That's it. Uh, I don't know how I didn't think about this before. In case you all didn't know, that's a star Wars reference. <laughs> the best thing Disney owns by the way, but who knows what's going to happen, man? I, I wonder what will happen when she wakes up from this 
You know, does, is she going to become a bad character? Like I could see this, like her turning into a villain out of this. There are rumors that in the Dr. Strange movie, which she is going to be in, she's the bad guy. Dun, dun, dun. I don't like that idea. I, know. I don't know. I don't know. Cause when you walk through this door, no matter what you've done, it is all forgiven and you're an Avenger. But what I can tell you, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that was not me. That, that was, was very Matthew. much a Muppets voice right there. <laughs> yes. Waka waka. That's my favorite Muppets character. Okay. Um, in, in this vein, uh, did new Marvel legends come out? No. Okay. So I don't think we'll see any until the next show comes out. That makes sense. Cause they're just building up the moments oh, of them. I thought they would come out like every week. Maybe if we see a villain that we've seen before, which I don't <clears throat> think we would. Hey, you never know. You never know. I, I think the next one we'll see are one of Falcon and one of the winter soldier. And that's then, soon, right? That's March. That's March. Yeah. Black widow. I think once the movie comes out, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. That, that would For make people like Dave who haven't seen any of the, Avengers movie shows. But what I can tell you is we're going to find out a lot more when the next episode comes out. I'm so excited. Love it. All right, gentlemen, we actually have a listener question and I thought this would be perfect for Dave and Matthew. And so the two of you have been asked by one of our listeners, what is your favorite classic animatronic or new animatronic? And why? First of all, I'm excited that we have listeners. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. But uh, Matthew, I'll let you go first. So um, really excited that they brought this up because animatronics is one of my favorite things about Disney. I, I think that when you think of animatronics, it's such a deep, There's it's such an important part of Disney history, you know, them being innovative and um, in so many different fields. Um, so when I think of like classic animatronics, uh, you know, I think, uh, or well, I say classic, let's, let's call it 10 years or older. Um, Cause they've, Disney has really ushered in a new era of animatronics lately in the last 10 years or so. Um, so I think of uh, like, uh, you know, something as simple as the hand opening the coffin as in, uh, the haunted mansion like that's it's so creepy Get but me it, out of here. <laughs> it's so effective because it's like that that's a huge part of the story is that these dead people are trying to they're trying to wake up it's great um and then you know uh potato head at uh toy story mania that's one of disney's first interactive animatronics i think that's super it's super cool because I mean, a he takes out his ear, which is super dope, and it doesn't. It only works half the time, but um, it's it's. I think it's great. I think it's super fun that he interacts with uh, the people around him. Now, when I think of newer animatronics, um, you know, I I think of you know one that's pretty obvious that he would be an animatronic, but it's BB-8 um, at Rise of the Resistance, or even uh, BB-8 at uh, a Galaxy Far Far Away, which is non-existent at the moment i think um it's the stage show that used to be in the middle of hollywood studios um and so he would roll out obviously controlled by somebody i thought that was super cool um another one i think of is specifically the one um on the bridge in rise of the resistance um kylo ren 
I think it's so cool how he like, he's not just stationary. He like moves towards you and like, it's super intimidating. It's great. Um, spoiler alert, Ryan. <laughs> Cause what is rise of the resistance? Yeah. You don't even want to know. Um, the last one I think about is rocket. Um, in guardians of the galaxy mission breakout. I think it's super fun. Like he moves around, he does a lot of, um, joking with the audience and, um, but he really, I think what's one of my favorite parts is when he hits his head on the pipe um, and it knocks him down. I think it's so much fun. So that's, that's my take on animatronics. I think it's, those are my favorites. Are there any left? No, that's all of them. Okay. Well, <laughs> mine was in there. Let's go to the next segment. No, uh, for me, it's really, I, I knew immediately uh, it is Abraham Lincoln at Disneyland. I'm glad you said that. Knowing how I, I long <laughs> that show has been running and, and Walt's passion for Abraham Lincoln and the presidents and America, but his passion is specifically for Abraham Lincoln and how involved he was in that. And knowing that that show is still running and still going. And like the fact that he was sitting down then and he stands up. I mean, I could just imagine watching that in the fifties and sixties and having my mind completely blown of how, and, I'm, and I know that they've made improvements along the way, but in its, in its rudimentary form, it's still very similar to the original animatronic that had that open with the show. And so that one, when, when I saw that and for the first time I went to Disney, I was like, wow, just because because I think of that technology then, I mean, was just draw, jaw dropping. And then today, I, I mean, I have two, and it, this was this is such a softball cop out. I can't help it. But on the uh, in uh, Pandora, the the shaman, yeah, on the river ride, yeah, like that is just she looks legit real, like that that really showed me when you go to something as early as Abraham Lincoln to that just shows you how far and Hondo. I mean, Hondo is the same. Hondo on the, uh, smugglers run. That's, can a, I, that's a star Wars reference. Ryan probably doesn't know about. Can oh my I gosh. tell you something? Oh no, but here we go. I know. I know who Hondo is. He doesn't like him. I hate him. <laughs> he is the Hondo most. Onaka. I, I think I'd rather watch Jar Jar Binks than watch anything what? with Hondo Inaka. Oh, stop. Oh, my gosh. And, and he's all in the animated television shows, so he's in Clone Wars oh, and Rebels. Oh, really? Oh, he's heavy in I it. didn't know that. That's where he came from. So the first episode we see of Hondo is in the middle of Clone Wars, and basically uh, what's going on is Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker uh, have a chance to capture General Grievous, hmm. and so they basically board his ship and they like are going after him and attacking him and he escapes in an escape pod and crashes down on a planet and hondo is there with his group and so hondo captures count dooku because he's like somebody's going to give me money for this guy either the good guys will give me money or the bad guys will give me money and i bet the good guys will give me more money than the bad guys will give me money Sounds and he like just hondo. keeps showing up over and over and over again and he just drives me nuts got to get a t container of coaxium or he'll murder you or something like that I don't know. good luck now because if you're a party <laughs> of one you're flying the falcon all by yourself not anymore oh that's right they put plexiglass up the shields the shields get it no <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> hey thank you dark heart 6178 for throwing out a question for us we would love more of those 
Yes. If you have any questions in any way, shape, or form, Disney or not, we will answer them. Yes. Ryan would love to talk about all the parks stuff. That's his favorite. So send all those questions to Ryan. So in the vein of questions and in the passion of debate, uh, Matthew, David, this is another question for you two, and this is a question that we've kind of come up with together, but do you feel like is staying on Disney World property of value during a pandemic? Uh, that's a loaded question, right, Matthew? <laughs> it really is. Um, it's easy for me to answer, but then I also feel like that I have 47 asterisks that go along with it. Um, I, I was a, when we started going back kind of often, I'll put that in air quotes, uh, in 07, I only wanted to stay on property. I, I just was, I, I didn't want to not be in the Disney bubble as they call it. I loved, um, I mean, but I will say, to zoom out when you're talking about that time, almost every time we went like the Disney plan was included. So I remember when we went in 07, we stayed for a week at um, Caribbean beach, Caribbean beach. Thank you. And we got the, uh, not the, what's the medium dining plan, the Disney, the standard Disney dining. Yeah. Plan. Where you had, where you could have one sit down meal. Remember dining plans. Yes. <laughs> and that was like, well, I'll put in air quotes again, free. But like, you know, we didn't have to pay the whatever $500 a person that it was to get that. And so that was a big draw. Now, a lot of these perks have gone away, but I stopped staying on property probably two or three years ago. And it was because, um, I mean, I'll call it what it is, a first world problem. So when I finally got my annual pass, my goal was I have to go enough to make that steep of a purchase worth it. And I go more to go to Disney parks than I do to go on vacation. So I know this is going to sound funny. Going to Disney parks is not a vacation for me. It's going on an adventure. That might be why I don't like going to Disney world. Cause my only Disney experience is with you. And I would love to stay in a hotel and I would love to just wake up at any time and stay at one close to, you know, magic kingdom. I, that would be so enjoyable for me. Well, we're doing it in October, but Ryan has already declared he's not going. Yes. So sorry. I will not be joining you too. Uh, I think it's because of his answer to this question. No, it's, I wanted to go. If you did the math, you basically need to go eight to 10 times a year to break even no big deal, which is, you know, and because I go to just go to the parks, most of my trips are four and five day trips because I just want to go and experience it, you know, pre pandemic, it was go to one park every day or, you know, of course with a annual pass, you can park hop, but I slide that in there very nonchalantly. The annual pass has everything to do with my answer. So it's kind of a loaded question for me to answer. So let me give you, uh, let's get, let's do a scenario. Now, Matthew, I want Matthew to talk about it from a DVC perspective because his family is a DVC family and they have been for years, but they are a big family. Even before your sisters got married and you started mm -hmm. having nieces and nephews, you were still what? Seven deep when you guys went on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I will never argue with Matthew and say, 
DVC is a bad value because it's not for him and his family. Right. We have four of us and it would be a ginormous waste of money for as often as we want to go to Disney world. So when you think DVC Disney vacation club, I, I think you really need to think of it being more as a future investment for your vacations. And Dave, you said they're more of an adventure than a vacation, which is kind of a, um, interesting thought. My dad and mom decided to invest into Disney because A, they know it's somewhere where we're going to go and always have fun. But B, my dad needed a vacation at least once a year. And so, because he was running into a bunch of stuff at work and he's like, I'm just tired. And so I need a, I need a outlet, a vacation that I can count on every year. So uh, my parents invested in the DVC and um, that's kind of where it got going for us. Now, thinking of where we were as a family, my brothers were just born, they're twins, um, and I have two older sisters. And so that makes us a family of seven. So back in 2006, I'm kind of thinking um, with my family, our uh, dynamic um we have my two new brothers. They were just born. And so we wanted to go on a vacation. And we had been to Disney World a couple of times before, um, just the five of us, before my brothers were born. And it was a fun thing. My parents always knew it was going to be fun. But my parents wanted to take us all. And so here's one thing. With seven people, you got to get at least two rooms. And if you want to stay somewhere nice, it's going to be expensive. My parents dropped at least 10 grand just on the rooms. And then, you know, it just, my parents were like, we can't do, we can't continue to do this every single year because it's going to be, it's going to be very costly. And so kind of jumping into why DVC is such a big deal is at the time, my parents were able to invest into DVC for a really good rate. And essentially now that they only pay the annual dues, they're saving a lot of money. Now, we're um, since we are such a big family, we couldn't do stuff like dining plan because it broke the bank. We couldn't do um, so. We just didn't eat out in the parks. That's why um, staying in those deluxe villas is such a big deal. Is because there's a kitchen, there's a full kitchen in there, and so we could make all of our meals in our room. And so, really. If you want Disney to be your spot that you go every single year, DVC is a really good investment. Now, turning into the value during a pandemic, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't really change. That, not that much changes because truly what it is, what DVC is, is an investment in Disney property. You know, doesn't have much to do with the parks um if anything you know it's really just where you're staying and making it more affordable to stay on property for your family so it starts with the desire to not necessarily starts but there's a desire for you guys to stay on property right for me slash us uh, and again, seven versus four. And now you're way more than seven because your sisters are married and they have kids. Yep. Uh, so I, I think it makes sense for Matthew and his family. 
it would be like, I mean, I already said this, it would be a horrible investment. And for those of you who don't know, and I'm, I know our listeners aren't ignorant or they don't live in Iraq, but the DVC is a timeshare. Timeshares are a horrible investment. <laughs> what time? T- like, so DVC is a timeshare with a Disney logo splashed over top of it. Basically. Yeah. Now, but you're staying at Disney resorts. It's way more than that. Like, but that's how, like, if you need the elevator pitch of what it is, that's what it is. It, it's a timeshare. There's no way around it. Overall, they pr- proved, especially in the last 10 to 20 years, to be horrible investments. People can't even, like, my parents had several. They couldn't sell them. Like nobody wanted them. Now they weren't at Disney World. Now timeshares as a whole. Yes, okay, the timeshare yeah. industry is just a horrible investment. Only reason DVC is is successful is because it's on Disney property. Now they have stuff at um, in Hawaii. They have stuff in South Carolina at Hilton Head. I mean, there's some not parks related, yeah, stuff that they have. And you can um, actually they. Uh, work with RCI mm-hmm. and so you can there's like tons more p- destinations and things that you can actually choose from it takes a lot more work though <laughs> so as somebody that doesn't go every year it seems like you're only at an advantage if you just go and go and go and go and go not necessarily no. well Matthew can speak to this more I don't think so with with DVC really because you only get a so amount of many amount of points and for them they're going to need a two-bedroom or a three-bedroom place does this right. does disney even have three bedroom yeah they have the three bedroom grand villa yeah. and they some you know they have the bungalows but those mm-hmm. are i mean you look at bungalows and three bedroom grand villas those are like four years worth of points for right. my family so they're outrageous now when people go to disney world they're not as crazy as us that live 800 miles away and desire to go multiple times a year are those out there yes are they the norm no but I'm one of those crazy clowns. And so when I looked at the annual pass as an investment and I said, if in order for me to go and pay for this, like I've got to go and use it or that's just wasting money. And so I did some things. So I went back in early November. I went the, and it was Matthew was going to go, but he decided not to, but I went and I was there the day they switched over from uh, the Halloween fall decorations to Christmas. So it was November 6th, I believe. Okay, I, I did go by myself. I'm that horrible father slash husband. But let me tell you, I have an annual pass, but that trip cost me $624. That should make your jaw hit the floor. And so to tell you, why, how is it that cheap? Well, flights are crazy during a pandemic. We, like, yes, we live 800 miles away, but it's a, if we take Southwest, it's a direct flight and it's 90 minutes. And so that was $156, including tax, round trip for my flights. And then I stayed at the uh, Ramada Inn, which is not on property, and that was intentional. And let me tell you, it is the apps. If you're going down World Drive and you get off on 192, it is the second hotel off of property. You can't be closer to property. Are you out of the Disney bubble? Yes. So convenient. Yes. But that for four nights, it was $288. Whoa. Yes. For two queen beds or two full beds or whatever it is that was in the room. And then I got a, I got a Ford Ranger four door truck 
for those four days for $188. So now, is this the typical prices? No. But the hotel price? Yes, it is. I've stayed at that Ramada Inn multiple times. It's I've right for next cheaper to than that. It's right next to the Red Lion, but it's been renamed. It's like Main Gate. Uh, Main Gate Kissimmee yeah. Inn. Yeah. But they're anywhere from like, depending on when you go, $40 to $60 a night. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're looking for a nice hotel with a nice pool, neither one of those two things that I just said defined that, that, that that's not your answer. I need a place to sleep, shower, and shave because I spend my entire time, my adventure in the parks. Now, there are people that work hard all year, all year long and they go to Disney for more than a week, more than four days. They go a week at a time and they take breaks and they want to be in the nice hotel that have the great amenities, an incredible swimming pool. And even the, for most parts, even the value resorts on Disney property have some cool pools. Banging pools. Yeah. Yeah, Heck yeah. They're pretty great. But if you want to go on a budget, we are absolutely going to do an episode, probably more than one down the, down the line that I'll talk about how I go on these trips. So it's, now, $624 were, was for me. Now, if I were to add my wife and two kids, you're talking 156 times three more for flights, but not for, and then they don't have annual passes. So that would be, but as far as like going and staying, like a comet, like I got a rental car and I got a hotel for less than $350. Yeah, to put it in perspective, I mean, you know, thinking about when you've invited me along, like you paid 600, but I'm probably spending at least at least a thousand dollars for just like park hopper going across different things. I'd probably take $1,500 just to be safe. Sure. Matthew looked the other day and it was $140 a day, like for a single day ticket. Yeah. For yeah. That. So, I mean, that's steep. Yeah. It was $140 for October 1st. At, yeah, yeah. 50th so, anniversary. I'm glad you bring that up. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was play the hypo- hypothetical game. This is where my tears are going to enter. And, Ryan was actually going with us to Disney World in October. So I said, okay, if the three of us were going, what, how much would it cost for us to get a three-bedroom place, three-bedroom, off-property versus on-property? Now, I'm picking the, the week of the 50th. So unfortunately, and I'll talk more about this in a minute, unfortunately, on Disney property, I didn't look that deep, but most of the ones that was more than two bedrooms were already gone. They're gone yeah. because... It's the 50th, even though Disney hasn't really announced what they're going to do. But I looked at two places. So one of these, get your pen and paper out or grab your phone and type these down. The Leaky Tiki Resort, L-I-K-I-T-I-K-I. This is 6.8 miles off of property. And that, what does that equate to? 12 minutes. 12 minutes to be on Disney World property from this hotel. This is a three-bedroom condo. It's a timeshare, but it's... You can get them because timeshares suck right now. <laughs> okay. So on hotels.com, if you choose the non-refundable, non-refundable, let me say this again one more time. Three bedroom. This sleeps 10. It's a condo, has a kitchen, has a king bed, one one king, one queen, two twins. And then of course there's probably fold out couches, fold out love seats, whatever. $152 a night. For the five nights that we're going, which would be a grand total of $956. What I like about what I like about hotels.com is they include all of the stupid extra fees that all these hotels and resorts charge, like the parking fee and the resort fee that's included in that price. So you see it there. 
Okay. Now we can get closer. We can go to grab your pen. The mystic dunes. That's mystic with a Y. Matthew has stayed there. I've stayed there with my, with my mom and dad because they actually used it for a timeshare. So did this I. is eight <laughs> minutes, 4.6 miles off property. So remember that Ramada end that I talked about? If you, instead of you turning at that light to go to the Ramada end, you just turn left and drive past the Walmart. It's a mile down the road. Right off of 192, it's the first exit off of property. Now, this one's a little bit pricier, but it's nicer. You get a, it's a gated entrance. Um, it's a huge resort. It actually has some pretty rad pools. That's like, it's, it's a big spread out resort. A little bit more. If you choose to pay the non-refundable rate, $200 a night for five nights for $1,262. This place sleeps 12. Yeah. So if even if you have a big family like Matthews, you can go. But again, if your desire is the Disney bubble, these are off property. If you're just going for a big vacation and you have a big family and you don't do this yearly, is it, should you stay on property? Maybe. Cause if that's your jam and you don't want to rent a car. Yeah. Cause a lot of people go for the quote unquote Disney experience, but that's almost fleeting at this point. Yeah. I almost feel like we should have a, another show dedicated to what does that even look like now? Yeah. Cause the pandemic has changed a lot of these perks that we've talked about in the last episode. I was, I was watching this one music video and uh, it was, it was a Disney advertisement, but it was, it was a music video, like music, musical style. And it was so funny. The person who posted it was like, go ahead, get your notes out app. And I want you to, write everything down in this that's gone and there were only it was it was a three minute video they probably went over 15 topics and uh there were only three of them that were still there it's crazy yeah so it's changing yeah so i think that was a good thing to just kind of unpack i'm not familiar with dvc now i've stayed with matthew a time or two. And yeah. so like I've been able to enjoy those amenities, but as far as an investment for me, it doesn't make sense. But for, if you have a large family and Disney is your jam, like look into it. I mean, it may make sense for you. If you just want to go to the parks as many times as you can in your life, the properties offsite, if you choose them wisely uh, are not dumps and they're really, really affordable, especially if you want to do quick trips, often i absolutely agree with that i mean dvc is great it's not for everyone and you know sometimes people go with their family of four they'll drop five grand on a vacation and they don't do it again for five or six years you know or you know 10 years you know so this is a very rare opportunity that we get as pass holders um, especially out of state pass holders so i think Staying off property probably makes sense around this time. I I agree 100%. I don't want this to be mistaken as I'm anti-staying on property. I love staying on property. The the challenge that I face is I've typically always been a value resorts person because if I'm going to stay on property, I'm looking, again, it's how much money can what's the least amount I can spend and still get on property. Cause we're not going to take advantage of the pools. We're not going to take advantage of the amenities. We just want to get on a bus and go and be in the parks. Now 
That being said, when we go in October, we're staying on property. But there was a reason why we did that. <laughs> and that was because with the park reservation system and it being the 50th anniversary, you have to be staying on property this far out to have been able to select your park that you want to visit on October 1st, which clearly would be Magic Kingdom since that's the 50th anniversary. So that is, we are staying on property. We're staying at movies. Well, actually, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you're probably thinking in the terms of like 60 days out, you can book your fast passes like that. That's kind of that idea, but that's not necessarily how this reservation system works. Um, you're right. You're right. So like if you want to go on and book your reservations, you can do that. If you have a ticket, go on and book your reservations for as far out as you want to. Um, I don't know actually what the end date for that is right now, but, um, but yeah, you can do that, you know, but one of the main reasons we were staying on property, Dave, is because if we want to go anytime in the next few months before, uh, October 1st, it's going to chip into our, uh, three, yeah, the three days that you're allotted. Yep. The three annual pass reservations. So that's why we're staying on property is so a, it won't chip into our three reservations if we wanted to go and stay off property, but B it will allow us to have that reservation so far out. Ryan, if I win the lottery, uh, I'll pay for you to go. (sighs) You guys spend way too much time and way too much money on a theme park. So Let's wrap this up. Dave, where can people connect with us during the week? You can find us at ADPODFM. That is A-D-P-O-D-F-M on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, our website at anotherdisneypodcast.com. And we would love for you to ask us more questions on the social medias. Well, thank you guys for joining us for another Disney podcast. We'll see you next week for another Disney podcast. <laughs>